0: Warning! This episode contains foul language, discussions about phobias, and some potentially disturbing stories. for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week, we have the pleasure of sitting down and chatting about something weird. This week, we are turning on our nightlights, we're hiding under the covers, and we are saying our prayers because the boogeyman is coming. Human Mm -hmm. beings have been afraid of the dark since the beginning of time, but why is that? Is it because something is watching us? Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, my name is Ashley and this is my co-host Lauren. Hi, weirdos! (laughs) And this week we are asking, are you afraid of the dark?
1: Oh my gosh, your throwback to the are you afraid of the dark quote. I am living for that! You brought back there are a every a handful memory. of
0: people that will enjoy that. And yes. then there are some youngins that will not know what we're talking about.
1: There was a Nickelodeon show. It's called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it was the scariest thing that ever happened to me. It was the best show ever. And it really <laughs> terrified me in my youth. And it was perfect. <laughs> no, that, like, as soon as you said those words, just every childhood memory was ignited inside of me. And I loved it. I loved it so much.
0: I was always scared of the episode with the vampires in the hospital.
1: Yes, that was a really good one. Oh my God. I think there
0: was one about a a ghost in an attic too
1: that really rubbed me the wrong way. There was one about a dollhouse where a human girl got like stuck in the dollhouse, and that one really roughed me up for quite some time.
0: (laughs) That reminds me of the witches.
1: Yes. Getting stuck in a painting. Mm -mm. yes it's that same vibe where you're like can you even imagine and i think they also did a little vampire tribute a little nosferatu action in a movie theater like an old school theater that i remember really enjoying (laughs) yes they they really knew what they were doing that was a great show
0: they really turned it out for us they did a really good job (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I remember it being like TVY7, saying basically, like, all children can watch for the most part. And looking back, I'm like, no, this show was terrifying. Why did you this let that happen? show was very
0: scary, and I don't
1: know how, why it was allowed. <laughs> oh, man. Ugh,
0: good stuff. Speaking of dollhouses, did you watch Bly Manor?
1: I have not completed it. I think I saw on social media today that you have, but I just finished episode five today. And let me tell you, that was one of the best episodes of television I ever did see. It was five was good. So, so good. I cried a lot more than I was ready for. And I also, without spoiling anything, I'm just going to say there were some twists and turns. I was quite excited about, I predicted one of them, but the other one, Shocked the daylights out of me. It was great. I loved it.
0: Yeah, episode five was my favorite. Okay, well, we won't talk about it until I know. No you've seen it. And but also, I love it, love it, love like it. you know, all of the listeners have had a chance to watch it, and then maybe we'll give our opinions. But yes, uh, haunting of blind manor. It's on Netflix. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's the second. Uh, the thing is, it's not really the second season of a show, but it's sort right. of like if you remember the haunting of Hill House. This is. The same thing, only same new Same creators,
1: one. some of the same cast, same vibe, yeah. but a totally different story. And also, if you haven't seen Haunting of Hill House, go watch that immediately. Oh, man. Because it's perfection. That's just awesome. So and good. actually,
0: you know what? We went back and we watched uh Ouija Origins of Evil. Ooh, that's good. A couple weeks ago. It's fantastic, which is Mike Flanagan, who yes. directed the show. When I saw it the first time, I hadn't seen... Hill House or you know Dr. Sleep or I think I'd only seen Oculus so I didn't know anything right. about him. I mean like the not the whole cast of Hill House but one of the um little girls from Hill House is in it and the uh father from Hill House the the guy from ET I can uh-huh. never remember his name He's in either.
1: it. Elliot. The
0: mother in the in Ouija is the oldest sister from Hill House. So, yeah, uh-huh. it's just like
1: watching a different Hill House story. And also special shout out when we talk about the Ouija origins of evil. Our guest from season one or two, Christine, was like oh, yeah. a she like a stand, stand in. in, like photo double on that movie. So we had a special connection there. That is something, though. We do
0: actually have a friend that we really know in real life who just oh, started yeah. a movie. Um his name is Skyler Bible and the movie is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. If anyone gets the newsletters, I've been talking this movie up for the past two months. Uh it's fantastic. We bought it on iTunes. It's great. Oh, good. I can't it's wait. It's really, to really good. Anyways, so this month we have um a couple new patrons and i have to give them a shout out we have a patreon it's our only source of income for the show aside from a little bit of merch money but we try to keep that stuff as inexpensive as possible for you and therefore not profitable for us (laughs) but we have we have this patreon uh we put in this extra work every month so that we don't have to have 15 minutes of ads in every episode may not be this way forever but we're doing what we can to make sure that it's this way today so basically you can donate one five or ten dollars to the show and you can do that once or you can do that monthly and you get perks you get shout outs you get discounts on merch you get newsletters you get full- length bonus episodes it's great so if you want to join head over to www.patreon.com keep it weird podcast and give us some of that sweet sweet green
1: please we
0: have a couple new additions so far it's not even halfway through the month we have a couple oh new patrons patron
1: (laughs) the patron that was
0: very moira of me oh moira rose love it we we've got jared sims hi jared hi jared we've got Raphael with the mysterious no last name hello into it it. it's like oh actually i I have his last name oh never just kidding you're not hi raf you're not mysterious anymore we've got Haley oaks Haley, you angel. This is Joey's little sister. I
1: was going to say, isn't that a relative of Joe? Welcome,
0: Haley. She's the funniest person and she has the best laugh in the entire world.
1: Oh, love a good laugh.
0: We've got Taylor, another mystery, no last name, but I think we should refer to you as the artist formerly known as Taylor. I think you're right, Let's do it. I think there's something to that. And finally, we have Hilary Rivas, who I miss very much. Hello, Hilary. Hi, Hilary. Welcome. I assume this is the Hilary Rivas that I know. And if it's not, I'm very sorry. Can you imagine uh, I if it's just a like completely like to different one? <laughs> meet you someday, stranger.
1: <laughs> good save. Good save.
0: Either way, thank you. Welcome, everybody. (laughs) Also, before we get into it, we are still having that pumpkin contest. Yes, yes,
1: yes. We want to see them pumpkin.
0: Yeah, everyone carves their pumpkins like the last week of October, and that's totally fine. That's when I carve mine. We get it. But... Uh, once you do submit a photo of you and your pumpkin it could be carved it could be painted it could just be creative decoration and send it to us on social media or you can email it to us at keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com anytime before november 1st and you could win some merch you could win some art or you could win an invite to a Zoom party with me and Lauren, which with is our us. most exciting prize because we want to see
1: your face and we want to hear your voice, kids. Come party with us. Let's do it. I'm so excited. And we really just want to see your pumpkins.
0: And also, we just really want to see some pumpkins. Like this yep. Halloween is sad. Everyone knows it. It's Everyone's so feeling bizarre. it. so yeah.
1: we We don't know what to do with this <sighs> so Halloween. Let's make it the best we can, the best of our ability. We can do it together.
0: All right, without further ado, this week we are talking about uh, the dark and the boogeyman. And
1: Lauren's going to start us off. Guys let's chat about the dark and things that go bump in the night and why we're scared of what's under the bed and behind the closet door. Oh, I just freaked myself out because I have a mirror on my closet door that I'm looking at. And I've told Ashley this before, if I'm not paying attention to it, but all of a sudden flip my head towards it, it scares the bejesus out of me. And I have
0: heard her scream. (laughs) Like
1: It was just my face, but there it is. There is actually history to our fear of the dark. And I am going to talk briefly about phobias. So like, hold your horses. If you're listening to the things I'm telling you and you're like, but this is a real phobia people have. Why isn't she talking about it? I'm getting to it. I promise. Take a breath. It's going to be there. I just want to go back to like, where does this come from? As children, we all seem to go through a scared of the dark phase. That's why that beautiful television show on Nickelodeon called Are You Afraid of the Dark existed. Because back when we were younger, it's true that in a lot of ways, kids are fearless. They don't have shame. There's a lot of things they don't fear that we are very cautious about as adults. Exactly. Like, they just don't feel that embarrassment. They don't know that things are supposed to be scary. However, many kids feel something about darkness. There's something about the dark that puts kids on edge almost every night when they're very little. It was this thing of when darkness fell, that's when the monsters came out to play. And that's just what our wild imagination told us. So even though now as adults, it may seem silly or ridiculous to be scared of the dark. Our fear is actually an evolutionary trait that we picked up to survive real predators that stalked at night. Researchers believe that this innate fear stems from a point in human history when we were not exactly at the top of the food chain, like we are today, (laughs) which makes sense. There was a time when our ancestors were constantly on the lookout for predators that wanted nothing more than to eat our delicious human flesh. And to make that even creepier, most predators hunted at night, when our eyesight was poor and our bodies were tired and vulnerable. Just the rudest. So this means that it was super important for humans to stay safe in the middle of the night, especially. And if they didn't, sadly, they would most likely die from some large creature.
0: Can you imagine how sleepless your nights would have been? Knowing that a a lion
1: could just come eat you? (laughs)
0: Like, what? She's like now, I just think about myself now and how restless I am, and how like Joe could be the quietest angel as he entered the room to like sneak into bed at night. And I've been like still what? <laughs> uh, uh. Who's and that? he's like? It's me. Exactly. Go to like, bed. I
1: lightly brush Alex's foot, and I'm like, "What animal is here? Like it's it's <laughs> absurd." So
0: maybe we would have survived. <laughs>
1: maybe. What you're saying. Maybe we were correct in being prepared. So over the years, this nightly fear just became instinct. It was just a part of human life, and we still experience it today, but it's more a form of mild anxiety. So a a 2012 study by researchers in the University of Toronto claimed that this anxiety we feel isn't usually a full-blown panic attack, and again, little caveat, in the case of a phobia, it is, but we'll get to that. But um, most often it's just this lingering fear that creeps in, keeps us very on edge, and it's exactly what our ancestors needed to survive. So it comes from those that came before us. And this anxiety is just the body's way of keeping us on our toes in case we have to fight off danger. It's our fight or flight. It's instilled in us. It's ready to go. So being afraid of the dark really comes down to the fear of the unknown. We can't see what's out there and it freaks us out because our imagination then takes hold and fills in the worst possible thing Mm -hmm. we can think of. For ancient humans, it was lions and tigers and bears. Oh my other predators in the world, whatever. But in today's world, it's these monsters that we have created. We create monsters because they feel that predator character. And a really good example of this is actually in horror movies, which we talked about last week. The extra spooky ones, in my opinion, everyone differs, but to me, I love the movies that never directly show you the monster because your imagination can make something way scarier most of the time. Our mind is so powerful that even just hearing the sounds and knowing that something is lurking nearby, that's all we need to terrify us and give us the goosebumps. That
0: is why The Blair Witch Project is still one is of the scariest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I know. Because all we, you get is their reaction where they're like, what the fuck was that? And I'm yes. like, what was it?
1: We can't what see did it, you but see? we know it's
0: awful.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, that is so <laughs> true. Some movies really do it right. And then there's, this might be a hot take, because I think some people love it, but that movie Mama
0: yeah showed her a little too much
1: yeah but it's what i what makes me sad is the beginning of that movie it scared Terrifying. me so bad yeah, like those first few scenes where you just hear the noises and know something is around the corner i was like oh this is about to be good but then we just saw her for the next hour and i was like no, no I'm <laughs> now i'm not scared now i'm not scared because she seems pretty chill yeah, like it I think she just wants to hang out. Really yeah. like she She
0: just... screams a lot and she looks creepy, <laughs> she... but like if we treated everyone like we treat mama, uh... who screamed a lot and looked a little creepy. <laughs> that you're right. That take is right.
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> that take is I... correct. Everyone else is wrong.
1: You're all wrong. So, even though our life has changed drastically since these ancestors that were referencing and we live in our big old cities and we have all the technology we could possibly ever want and the ability to turn on a light or have a tv on anytime we want we still have that fear of the dark instilled in us we don't need this fear anymore for survival but it is still strangely there in some small way most likely passed down from a distant relative and implanted in our psyche So if you or a child in your life is afraid of the dark, just try to remember that at one point in life, it was a survival trait that kept humans alive. And instead of feeling derpy and silly and like, why am I afraid? Think of it as this trait that makes your body more aware of potential threat and more fit to survive. Switch that perspective right up. Unless, of course, you do have an actual phobia, which is very worth acknowledging. Because for some... The darkness is not just something that keeps you a little on edge, but it is actually a crippling, panic-inducing fear. The fear of the dark is called nyctophobia. This is severe fear of the dark, and if you're wondering yourself out there whether you're just having a little anxiety over the darkness in your room, or maybe it is this full-blown phobia, here are some signs of nyctophobia for you. When presented with darkness, whether at home before bed or in a public space where darkness hinders your ability to see. It's basically just anytime your visuals go away, you will experience sweating, breathlessness, heart palpitations, inability to think or speak clearly, and a feeling of detachment from reality. So scary, scary stuff, you guys. This is when it's a phobia, is where you're basically just, you're in the fetal position because you are truly so terrified, you don't even know how to be a person anymore. When you experience darkness or realize that, you know, your vision cannot go as far as what makes you feel safe. So there are treatment options through the right therapist for both children and adults with nyctophobia. However, in adults, this phobia is a lot worse, which is why I'm hoping nobody out there listening is like, wait, this is me. It is extremely incapacitating. And in most cases, medication, very strong medication is needed along with some intense therapy. But It is good to know that there is help out there if you're experiencing this, and it is good to know in the case that it's not just, ooh, it's a little dark in here, but maybe you are actually, like, really having a rough time with the darkness. No, you're not alone. And I just thought that was important.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say, if anyone actually has that fear, if you could write in and describe it to us, because – I'm wondering. We just had this happen in our Facebook group, which you should join if yeah. you haven't already. It's a lot of fun. People um, chatted about phobias. Mm-hmm, yeah, a listener asked, "Who was it? Was it Rebecca?" Let me get the name. I want
1: to say so.
0: Yeah, uh, it was Rebecca Vanden, and she th- she said she had botanophobia, which is amazing. I've never even heard of this. I have. Uh, which neither. has to do with plants. You guys should look it up or join her. A- Facebook group because we talk about it but also a lot of people chimed in and and told everyone about their phobias and I realized I always consider myself to be a pretty anxious uh individual and I don't Mm -hmm. think I actually have a phobia of anything like nothing really grosses me out or teeth okay I guess teeth like teeth falling out I really can't handle that but I don't I don't know if it's a phobia so like if anyone has like a good descriptive vocabulary that can like describe what it feels like to be to have nyctophobia or or whatever your phobia is we want to hear totally i mean we are eventually going to have a phobias episode that's one of the ones that we you know we really wanted to reserve for a guest who did have a phobia who could come on and talk to us about it yeah but um that's something i've always wondered you know Is it a just completely physiological thing? You don't even think about it. It's just it's dark and you have anxiety. Or is it your imagination has to start to take hold and then the
1: anxiety happens? I'm interested. It's sort of like maybe they never grew out of that childhood fear. Because as I was saying before, a lot of it is like your imagination is running wild when you're a kid. So you're afraid of the dark because you're like, well, I know that this... Creature could be existing over in the dark from this cartoon or this little game that I was playing with my friend like We were talking about a creature and an alien and that's what I imagine that pile of clothes in the corner is and I Think sometimes that doesn't go away for adults, but I don't know And that's the fear of the dark and what I'm gonna go into next is very similar, but still interesting A lot of the same things we just discussed about darkness go with the idea of monsters lurking in the closet or under the bed this open space that we can't fully see because it's either under us or behind our closet door is something spooky to us because it could lead to the unknown. And it just really irks us. It creeps us out. And psychologists say that many children have a fear of monsters being somewhere in their room from a very young age. And it actually is a huge part of our development when we're around the ages three to five It usually comes with two different things from what I have come to understand. Either your imagination is starting to run so wild that there is a lack of control and this belief that all of the creatures during playtime are actually real and hiding in the room and this becomes so real that the fear of what is reality and what is not just becomes too much to bear. Or the other thing is that. Kids are just desperately trying to find a way to keep their parents close to them at this age, which mm. I definitely remember doing. And I know my nieces and nephews do.
0: Oh, yeah. I had a pallet next to my parents' bed, like, well into grade school. Yeah. Just in case where I would go lay just in case on the had to floor exactly. like a dog. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice, actually.
1: <laughs> I was so the same. Yeah, so most kids want their parents to come in the room as part of the bedtime routine and then stay as long as possible, checking for monsters in the closet and under the bed, possibly doing a magic spell to make any of the evil go away. Or in some instances, they could bring in a bottle of monster spray, which is a very common parenting tactic and something I'm going to hold dear in case Wilder is this way. But you basically go in and spray the whole room and say, we've, we've gotten all the monsters, you're safe. Which, yeah, you totally
0: get why I I am 100% work. if I have a kid, I am going to tell them from a very young age that I am a witch. and Yes, and just say I'm magic. Yeah, and just say like, well, I'm magic. Nothing's going to bother you. And it's like, I'm scared of witches. It's like, why are you scared of witches? You love mom. There you go. And, and then, then can't they can't be won't scared. Have that fear. So will be like, they won't come in this house because I'll fuck yes. a bitch up.
1: <laughs> That's right. And they'll be like, all right, you're right. No, but that's honestly genius. Like, start from an early age of not making <laughs> them afraid of it. Age. Age I one. love one. I mean, I'm
0: pretty sure I've told Wilder I'm a witch already. but and he was
1: into it. <laughs> all he cared about were cars. Ugh, a kid and his cars and cars. trucks. <laughs> Just can't. But that is what helps the child go to sleep because of the parents' involvement, coming into the room, letting them know that they are taking care of any fears that they could have And the parents have now provided a protection and then the child feels helped and they can go to sleep with nothing to be afraid of. So most kids over these few years of this major development can overcome their fear and they learn that these open spaces and these areas of unknown um, are okay and they have nothing to be afraid of because they feel protected by their parents or Ashley, you were kind of joking, but it's sort of real. Like they just came face to face with these fears where it's like, why are you afraid of a witch? They're not bad. Or why are you afraid of like your stuffed dinosaur? You suddenly think it's a monster. Like, why are you suddenly afraid of it? You never were before. You kind of just ask these questions and do this immersive therapy where it's like, come face to face with this and you're going to be okay. But for the most part, kids can overcome this fear. Or at least it just turns into a very mild anxiety that only pops up now and then. However, just like with the fear of the dark, some adults do grow up and still have these worries that they just can't shake. And I am embarrassed to admit that I am actually one of them. (laughs) Sorry about it. I cannot sleep with my closet door open. Alex thinks I'm ridiculous, but it has to be closed or I flip the F out. And same with our bedroom door, but... He likes to have it closed anyway, just so we don't hear wilder any of the sounds out there. But I have to have the closet door shut too. And we also ha- also have the master bath in our room and the bathroom door has to be shut. Like You just want to be in a tomb. Closed. Yes, which I was like reading all these articles of like people who are like me and then other people who are like, I'm claustrophobic and you just ruined my life. <laughs> like You're on one end of the spectrum or the other. But while I was researching this... Thank goodness I found more adults like me because I was feeling pretty silly. But there are so many forums online of people discussing their need to sleep with their closet door shut and to even do a check under the bed before they go to sleep. (laughs) And a lot of people, I feel like we've talked about this before, you can't let your foot hang out of the comforter or anywhere near the edge of the bed for fear that a monster will reach up and grab it. I totally have that. And... These fears that, again, are just instilled from a young age. Maybe they were never treated properly and they just kind of grew up with you. But a lot of people on these forums, it was fascinating to me, are teens and adults claiming that a lot of it has to do with urban legends or movies or stories that they heard, you know, during school passed down. During developmental years. Totally. We're absorbing everything and it becomes this really impactful memory all these people are remembering the stories of monsters and demons being under the bed or in the closet, and they were pulling people under and eating them or taking them to hell, like who knows what um one man that I came across in a reddit forum swears he remembers watching the news as a teenager and seeing a story about a woman who got pulled under the bed and was eaten by a creature, and I'm like, "I don't think I this story is true." saw that Sorry, but I am guy positive that you believe <laughs> you saw it i know i'm like i want to be there
0: for you but i don't think this happened i was gonna ask um and you might actually be getting to this but i wonder was there any correlation to kids who had like an unsafe childhood who, who like didn't have parents who were there to protect them
1: Yes, I am going to talk about a little of that.
0: That's the first thing I thought of when you were like, yeah, you know, you want to feel safe with your parents. And I'm like, man, there are a lot of kids in the world
1: that don't feel Who safe with their don't parents. don't have that. Or don't no, have that. you're right. And I am going to get to that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, anyways. you're absolutely right. Door. No, that is such a good point. So yeah, I saw this guy's story and was sort of like, okay, dude, that probably <laughs> didn't happen, but I feel for you. But the wonderful thing about Reddit is there's usually people who come to the rescue and are joining in the community with you. So people jumped on the thread and commented with similar experiences, funny enough, of remembering tales of a friend of a friend of a friend going through something traumatic where a monster or even a human was waiting in the closet or under the bed. And it was just some story that really, really stuck with them. And I even remember that too and sort of think that is why I'm so scared of my closet, because there was... Absolutely a rumor going around in the Midwest where a girl was home alone. She heard scratching in her closet, went into her closet. The light wouldn't turn on. It was broken. So she started feeling around, grabbed somebody's hair, ran out of the house, called the police at her neighbors, screaming, crying. The police go to check it out. And there's a crazed maniac in her closet with a knife. I Googled it many years later. There is no story of that ever happening, but my gosh, I heard that story a million times, and it terrified me and it sticks with me like I can tell myself all the time that it's false, but it's still it I heard it at a young enough age that it stuck with me and really freaks me out. so I think that is absolutely why I cannot sleep with the closet door open and I have to leap over my bed to jump into it because I think someone's gonna grab my ankle. It makes no sense.
0: A more famous uh, urban legend is the licking the
1: girl's oh, hand. People lick too. Yeah. I cannot. that. I heard that one when I was <laughs> 11 lick at a sleepover. Too? <laughs> you like knew the title of <laughs> the <this knew> story. I <laughs> knew immediately. I was 11 at a sleepover and I started bawling and I called my mom and I had to go home. <laughs> I couldn't handle it, but it wasn't the pet dog. It was a person. I can't. Oh my gosh, Ashley, you just brought up a very sore subject. I can't believe you did that to me. So again, some of these fears are mild. They can even be called anxiety regarding these open doors or these open faces. However, again, I do want to acknowledge, just like with the darkness, that there are actual phobias associated with these situations. There is an actual fear of monsters, like truly believing that monsters are real. Mm. It is most common in children, rarely but still present in teens and adults, and it's called teraphobia, T E R A phobia. If untreated, it can lead to severe social social isolation and lack of trust in basically everyone. But there are therapists who can treat people afraid of monsters, and it's also recommended that along with therapy, people with teraphobia dive into research of monsters and where these legends come from, how the myths were started, and why certain cultures have special stories about monsters, because this history can help ease one's mind once they realize that it's almost always a metaphor, used in, you know, different cultures, different traditions. If a story of a monster exists, it almost always was just supposed to be a metaphor for something else or some sort of warning to give out to people. Um, and if they can read these stories, hopefully it'll put their mind at ease a little bit. So that was a big recommended thing for them. But a big one is entomophobia. E-N-T-A-M-A, phobia is the fear of doors. It usually involves a person fearing, I know, I didn't know this existed. It usually involves a person fearing what could be on the other side of the door, and it almost always stems from some sort of childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. This is what you were bringing up earlier, usually the loss of a loved one, a parent or a sibling, someone very, very close. If there is a severe trauma happening in childhood where someone very close to a child is lost, a lot of times this fear of doors comes out of it. It's very symbolic and deep. It's crazy that this exists, but basically people will fear a door because they don't want to pass through a door on their own. They feel unsafe and they feel unprotected because they do not have their guardian or this loved one to look over them anymore. So it can be, it's mostly closet doors, bedroom doors, the house, the entrance to the house, but it can even happen you know, in public doors, like it could pop up randomly at a hotel or a store.
0: Well, I was going to say when you were like, it's really deep. I was thinking that it had to do with the fact that what's on the other side of the door is the future. And that could absolutely be if you suffered from like an extraordinary loss, you're like automatically like nothing good is going to happen when I open this door. Only
1: bad things will come. Yeah. So if if like
0: yeah. opening the door or going through the door is technically the future, then mm-hmm. the fear of the future, the door represents that.
1: Right. I actually really love what you just came up with. That is probably so true. Is like, you don't know what's on the other side, not just physically, but what is coming in yeah. time. Like, you, you've only experienced the bad, so what good could come? But- yeah, I thought that one was really fascinating and that one is attached a lot with trauma. It could also be something as simple as you experienced extreme embarrassment with a door, like one example I saw online was like if you got caught in a revolving door, <laughs> which I'm sorry for laughing cuz you could be badly hurt, I guess, but If you get caught in a revolving door and you were in front of a lot of people, that can actually traumatize a person to the point where they will never use a revolving door again or even use a door near a revolving door, which I thought was fascinating. But again, that's going down the phobia road, which we're not going to fully go down today. But there are lots of ways you can have this fear of the open space behind a door or that open space under your bed. And I am here to tell you it's totally justified because I have it too. (laughs) And I get it. Some things just stick with us and freak us out because it's unknown. It's dark. It's an area we can't see. And our imagination is going to tell us that something could be lurking on the other side, whether it's closet, bathroom, bedroom, anything. So turn on your nightlight. Sleep tight. <laughs> Ashley, tell us what could be lurking on oh the other gosh, side of that so many door. Things.
0: Well, I was also <laughs> going to bring up, remember when we did our... Uh gosh, I don't remember what episode it was. Um, I want to say it might have been Bloody Sophie because we talked about mirrors, but we talked about like how Bloody Mary works, like how that mm-hmm. that phenomenon works, and basically when it is dark,
1: your eyes your eyes you.
0: will literally make
1: shit up. How many times have we seen the <laughs> pile of clothes on our yeah. chair move and wave at us? Yeah, and it and doesn't. Like,
0: no, didn't do that, but. My eyes told me it did. Mm -hmm. And I have to trust my eyes.
1: The other night, I thought Alex had a wig on and was dressed (laughs) as a woman. So when I rolled over, it took me like a full 30 seconds of just staring at him. And like my heart beating out of my chest thinking there's a woman laying next to me. And I don't know how she got here to finally be like, oh, no, it's Alex. And he just has his normal hair. But my eyes tricked me because it was dark and I just woken up. (sighs) Guys. All right, uh, where do we start? (laughs) Where do we even jump in? So
0: the Boogeyman has existed since the beginning of time. It's just that he's had different names. Like if you try to research the history of the boogeyman using that name, you'll find that it originated somewhere between the 16th and 17th century, possibly in Scotland. No one knows. Oh,
1: well, wow. <laughs>
0: maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's not that the actual word boogeyman, and boogeyman, just so everyone knows, is spelled B-O-G-E-Y-M-A-N. I know it looks like it's bogeyman, but that's how boogeyman is spelled. And it's derived from the word bog, B-O-G-G-E, which is essentially hobgoblin in Middle English. Ah, okay. And what's interesting about that is that hobgoblins are creatures that were once, long ago, considered helpful. But ever since Christianity, they've often been considered mischievous. So,
1: Of course. Of course, naturally. Christianity just changing our definition of everything. Ruining
0: our lives. So this means... Ruining it. At one time, the boogeyman may have been considered helpful, or maybe he was just a helpful tool. But I'll get into that later. Okay, okay. The Boogeyman has been around a lot longer than the 16th century. That's just when he got his universal name. He's been called many, many things. For example, everyone remembers the story of Beowulf. It's an old, old epic poem. No one knows who wrote it or when. It was probably written between 700 and 1,000 A.D., And Mm -hmm. Beowulf's first battle in the poem is against the boogeyman, essentially. It's a monster named Grendel, who is said to be a descendant of Cain. So Mm. let's go even further back. Cain, for anyone who doesn't know, is Adam and Eve's son. And this is a little tale I'm going to tell you. It's said that before there was Adam and Eve, we all know there was God and his angels, one of which being Mm -hmm. Lucifer. And God created a man and a woman from clay. The man he named Adam and the woman, his equal, he named Lilith. Well, when Lilith refused to be subservient to Adam, she left the Garden of Eden. And God sent three angels after her to convince her to come back. But when they found her, they found her with Lucifer, Samael, Morningstar. And they had fallen in love. And Lilith refused to return to the garden of eden so god destroyed her making her into a demon and created eve from adam's rib and god made her in lilith's exact image which just further twisted the knife in lucifer's heart he was in love with lilith so uh-huh. lucifer entered the garden of eden and met with eve and you know that whole apple thing Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know about that
1: apple story. Fruit in the
0: Bible usually didn't mean fruit, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. Elbow, elbow. So Eve became pregnant with two boys. Uh, One was Cain, and the other was Abel. One was Abel. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, you nailed it. I know my Bible stories. I know my Bible stories. Just kidding. I only know, like, two, but that's one of them.
0: Uh, but if anyone ever wondered why the hell God hated Cain so badly, maybe it's because his father wasn't biologically Adams. Could be. Maybe Abel was Adams and Cain, Cain was, was actually you know,
1: Lucifer. Somebody else.
0: <laughs> so if you follow these stories, Lucifer was technically the original Boogeyman. So the Boogeyman is older than time itself. Time hadn't Crazy even started yet, town. And Boogeyman, uh, he existed. And um, just FYI, as usual, before anyone comes in with a, well, actually, on the Lilith, Adam, Eve, Lucifer, Morning Morningstar story, please let me remind you that it's made up. So... <laughs> so don't get your panties in a bunch. Let's get into some other manifestations of Mr. Oogie Boogie. Like I said, he's been around forever. He's been demons, trolls, monsters, and the devil himself. And in 1284 AD in Hamelin, Germany, he found a new demographic. So the town of Hamelin was suffering from a rat infestation that was spreading disease. And a man arrived one day, a piper who was dressed in multicolored clothing. Clothing of two or more colors is known as pied. I did not know this. Me either. But that's what that means. So that's what the Pied Piper means? Just a piper, a guy who plays a pipe and has multicolored clothes. That's Okay.
1: All. No, happy to know.
0: <laughs> so this mysterious man appeared and told the mayor that he could kill all of the rats. And the mayor promised to pay him to do so. So the Pied Piper accepted and played his pipe to lure the rats into the Wesser River where they all drowned. Well, the mayor reneged on his promise and refused to pay him. And then even blamed the piper for bringing the rats in himself. Because he was like, whatever you just did, that's fucking witchcraft. You probably brought these rats here. I'm not paying you. And the piper was like, suit yourself. So on St. John and Paul's day, while all the adults were in church, the Pied Piper returned and began to play his pipe. And 130 children left their homes and followed the Pied Piper out of town and into a cave. And they were never seen again.
1: So it's like Sarah Jessica Parker in Hocus Pocus singing That's Come exactly Little Children. That's exactly what it is. Okay, That's probably just
0: sure. where they got that idea.
1: I get it now. Now, this is not a made up story. This actually
0: happened. The street where the children were last seen is, is called something crazy in German that I can't pronounce, but it's <laughs> translated to the street without drums. And no oh. music or dancing is allowed on this street even to this day.
1: Oh, wow. That really carried over.
0: The earliest mention of the story was on a stained glass window in the Church of Hamlin that actually ended up being destroyed in 1660. And the earliest written record is from the Town Chronicles. There was an entry from 1348, which states, it is 100 years since our children left. So the boogeyman is officially taking kids Oof. as of 1284 A.D. And just before we move on, there are actually a ton of theories on what happened to Hamlin's children. One is that the rats brought in a plague that killed hundreds of them. Mm -hmm. Two, it actually could have been a serial killer. Maybe the town exterminator killed a bunch of
1: kids. Was there actually a murderer coming through the town taking these kids? It could have been.
0: Could have been. Uh, Three, they could have died from natural causes, could have been disease or starvation, uh, could have been that they drowned in the river or they died in a landslide and that the Pied Piper's just a symbolic figure of death. Whatever happened, these kids did die. There's just no historical uh, proof as to like what killed them. What was the reasoning? Okay.
1: Regardless-
0: Today, the idea of the boogeyman being a child stealer or a cradle snatcher is fairly common. And uh, one of the ways that that started was the Pied Piper
1: story. That makes a whole lot of sense.
0: But every culture, every corner of the world has a boogeyman. And in every corner of the world, he takes on a different form. For example, one of my favorites, every year in the Swiss city of Zurich during their spring festival, they participate in the burning of the Bach. Bok is spelled B-O-O-G-G, like boog. Okay,
1: like boogie.
0: The bok is very silly. Uh, It's a (laughs) 100-foot statue of a snowman that they light on fire, and then they bury its ashes. Shut up. It's a snowman? It's a (laughs) 100-foot tall snowman.
1: Is that what they believe? So that's their belief of the boogeyman, is it's just this big snowman? (laughs) or that's?
0: That's what it is today. That's how they they celebrate okay. it today, and it's basically um, uh, sort of showing that winter's over, spring has begun, because uh, gotcha. the Bach was is now sort of like a symbol of winter and death. And like I said, today it looks very silly. It's a giant snowman, but the original legend was terrifying. And I don't know where the snowman came from. Oh goodness, what maybe was the just real to deal? not be scary. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the real deal was. The Bach was a hooded seven foot tall creature wearing all black with long spindly fingers and gangly legs who would walk the streets of Zurich peering into the bedroom windows of children. And if he got inside, he would hide under their beds or in their closets wherever it was darkest.
1: Cool. So (laughs) everything that I just talked about being scared of earlier, you just made so much worse. And that's the Bach, baby. I'm not going to sleep, guys. That is horrible. That sounds like Slenderman on crack and nothing that I want to be a part of.
0: Well, that's what's funny. So the Bach, he struck during the winter months because the nights were longer and darker than usual, and he would lure the children into the surrounding forest, and he would entice them into a warm home with plenty of treats to eat. And the Bach would eventually go on to inspire the Grimm brothers' fairy tale Hansel and Gretel as well uh, as uh, a very new boogie known as Slenderman. So he actually is technically he is the Slender OG Slenderman. Oh,
1: golly gosh. Along with
0: right. another origin of Slenderman is Lilith Ah. Because her form as a demon is very serpent-like and she has all these like
1: mm-hmm. I mean she's
0: like very tall and very thin and she's got these like that, serpenty like, skinny
1: snakey yeah. figure that we don't mm-hmm. like.
0: And she kills children because God kills 100 of her children every day. Because he's great. He's a good guy. <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> he's a great a man. He's a guy.
0: Another boogeyman manifestation gained popularity this year outside of Hispanic culture, and that is El Cuco, thanks oh. to Stephen King's HBO adaptation of The Outsider, which everyone should watch. It's fantastic. It is very good.
1: I loved it. Did you finish it? I did, finally. <laughs> it took me a long time, but I did. I, you, every day you'd check in, and I was like, still on the second still part. Still <laughs> not quite bad. No, it was very, very good. El
0: Cuco, which has many different names and pronunciations, uh, El Coco, El Coca, El Cucoi, etc. El Cucoi, that's the Jewish. <laughs> El Cucoi. El Cucoi. Uh, El Kukoy is a creature who stalked the streets at night looking to devour children after dark. And there are many descriptions of his or hers or hers. Kuka yeah, can be hey. female as well.
1: Equality.
0: There are many um, descriptions of their appearance, and that's probably because it is a shapeshifter who can take many forms. Ugh, some stop forms more and more to scare you, and some to trick you into feeling safe. Which to me is like way scarier to be like, "I'm yes. your grandmother." Just kidding! I'll eat you.
1: Come with me. I have worthers in my purse, <laughs> and then you die.
0: <laughs> Anybody wants some worthers? <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's a tall person shrouded in black. Sometimes he has the body of a crocodile, which is fun. And my favorite, this one's going to be familiar to you, is that sometimes he had the head of a carved pumpkin.
1: Oh, man. I'm into that. So
0: you've actually, (laughs) all you Americans out there. You've known El Cuco for a lot longer than you think, because El Cuco was part of the inspiration for our famous American folklore out of Sleepy Hollow,
1: the Headless Horseman. I was just going to say, this sounds very Legend of Sleepy Hollow with that pumpkin head.
0: Now, this is, I think, where the helpfulness comes into play, because we've technically been using the Boogeyman for centuries, and we've got different Boogeymen all over, like I said, even today. Like, you know, we were just talking about Slender Man, but also... In the documentary Cropsey, documentary filmmakers Josh Zeman and Barbara Brancicchio examine the story of their very own childhood boogeyman. So when they were children, they were told to be in bed by nine or Cropsey would get them. Behave in school or Cropsey will come get you. But who was Cropsey? And as children, uh, Cropsey was the reason that five kids were missing and murdered in Staten Island in the 80s. And... A man of flesh and blood named Andre Rand was convicted of kidnapping at least two of the children, but to this day, no one knows who killed them. Probably Andre.
1: I know, I was going to say. Wait, were they kidnapped from a summer camp, or did I... No, you made that or, up. No. I was like the I, the Cropsey legend in my mind happened at a summer camp, so clearly I heard the wrong story. Continue.
0: That is Friday the thirteenth. I think is where
1: you think. I know. I was like, was it Jason Voorhees? No, <laughs> Did you know. mean? I don't know what story I heard.
0: You're like my fucking Siri, who I hate.
1: Where it's I like hearing all the wrong things. Yeah.
0: It's like, um, Siri, search Andre Rand. Did you mean Jason Voorhees?
1: <laughs> no. That was just me in that moment. No. Okay. You're teaching me all about Cropsy. I heard the wrong tale. Okay.
0: But yeah, so Andre probably killed him. But it's because of the mystery that this legend remains scary. And mm-hmm. it's why there's still a Cropsy, the boogeyman. Because whoever it was could still be out there. There's right. no
1: answer. It's the belief that they're still on the road. They're still gonna come after me. We don't know.
0: Cropsy was the one. I, I'm sure I made you watch this documentary where it's on Staten Island, and there's this abandoned mental institution. And when they got shut down, basically everyone who had families that they could go to went, and everyone else got fucking left there. Um, yeah, like Geraldo, we have talked about this. Yeah, he he came in and did like an expose on them and whatever. Well, Andre Rand basically lived in and around the abandoned mental institution. I don't believe he was a patient there. I think he was actually a physical therapist there. Mm-hmm. But he he had some sort of um, mental Issue. incapacity and he lived in and around there and he would like live in there's a bunch of like hidden tunnels underneath it. All and right. all of these children with special needs started going missing. So, a couple Ugh. with Down syndrome, um, a couple of them just had like developmental issues yeah. who were going missing. And so, like I said, he was convicted of kidnapping, but not murder. No one could prove that he was the one that killed these kids. Right. So,
1: that's oh, terrifying. Yikes.
0: It's Everyone so should sad. watch Cropsey. It's so good. I think it's on Amazon Prime.
1: It's very good, it's fascinating.
0: So cautionary tales, it's something we've used forever and most of them are for children, but there are plenty for adults as well. The Call is Coming from Inside the House is a cautionary tale for babysitters and represents having a responsibility because for Mm -hmm. a lot of young women and men, this is their Mm -hmm. first responsibility. This is the first thing they've ever been like seriously responsible for. You have lives at stake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My gosh, I was hired to be a babysitter when I was, like, 12. And looking back, I was such an idiot. I'm like, who trusted me with their children? But thinking of getting that call of, like, have you checked the children? And it's like, well, no, I I got here. And the parents said they were (laughs) asleep and just to eat their Cheetos and drink their Mountain Dew. And you're like, I didn't check the children. That's a terrifying (laughs) thought.
0: (laughs) It wouldn't be funny anyway. if it was just a guy reminding you to check the
1: children. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not going to hurt you, honey. No, but no, no. But the like, children- check on them. They could be. Give, like, they could peek need something in the door. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the another one, the escaped mental patient with a hook for a hand scratching at your door while you're smooching on lovers' lane is a caution to teenagers to be safe. Yep. Obviously, safe as in don't get murdered, but even deeper, safe when it comes to sex. Yeah. So the boogeyman is present in every grim fairy tale in every cautionary tale and in every urban legend that you've ever heard
1: It's a good way to whip people into shape it really is you know what it's a <laughs>
0: <laughs> it seems like it's a really good tactic so we know the boogeyman as Grendel the Bach um, the infamous Witch Baba Yaga, who I'm going to be talking about on this yes. uh, month's bonus episode, if you guys so want to join pumped. our Patreon and get it, the Slender Man, Michael Myers, the Windigo, Bloody Mary, the Headless Horseman, Krampus, Pazuzu, and even the Blair Witch is a boogeyman. The boogeyman is everything dangerous that could happen to your kids, the boogeyman mm. is a plague. COVID-19 is the boogeyman. The boogeyman gives us the idea to eat people when we've run out of food and tells us to jump when we're standing at the edge of a tall building. He's basically all of your deepest, darkest thoughts. And basically he's everything we don't understand or can't rationalize. You know, you could say, yeah. you could say we killed the boogeyman when we executed Ted Bundy, but we didn't because the man wasn't the boogeyman. He's caught, he's dead, he's flesh, he's blood. The boogeyman is like, what would cause a man to do something so horrific? He
1: was like the devil on his shoulder, whispering in his ear.
0: And like, could that thing that caused him to do something that horrific be in me or in my son or in my spouse or even like, when will the next Ted Bundy be? That's the boogeyman. Is that That's what's
1: horrifying to think of.
0: That's what's horrifying because Ted Bundy is like... I don't know. I feel like a lot of guys could have taken Ted Bundy down. You know what I mean? Like right. he wasn't this he wasn't a monster. That's the thing is when you mm-hmm. look at him, he's he's kind of a dweeb. Yeah. He's this nerdy, nice-looking guy. So he's not the boogeyman, but whatever made him do the way those he unspeakable is acts. Yes. Is the
1: boogeyman. Yep. <sighs> Sends chills right down my spine.
0: So, sleep tight, (laughs) (laughs) kiddies.
1: Currently, my bedroom door, closet door, and bathroom door are shut. But, I mean, obviously, I have so much to do to, like, still get ready for bed, so it's all gonna change. But I'm gonna, like, probably shove a towel under my door to make sure it's extra secure tonight. It's gonna be... I'd be up for a while, guys. It's fine.
0: You were telling me earlier. You're like, oh, I have to have the closet door closed, and I have to have the door closed, and I have to have my feet tucked in. And I was just thinking, like, I'm trash because I have <laughs> to. I don't look. I don't care. It doesn't even occur to me if it's open. And also, I'm the person who I have to have one foot out of the blankets
1: because no, I get but so hot. That doesn't make you trash. That's <laughs> normal. You That's- are the normal. I'm the trash. <laughs> What, no, because um, I don't think you're alone in that at all. I think I'm the idiot who's like, jump over the bed, <laughs> feet tucked in, all doors you shut. You turn like, the that's light off crazy... and you run
0: and jump into the bed. <gasps> I do. I do it's that sometimes, that too, do. especially when I'm staying at home in my parents'
1: house oh my gosh Ashley I can't even tell you when I'm at my parents house that I'm not familiar (laughs) with I like I use a nightlight I I do too I'm afraid of the dark (laughs) to me it's more the doors but literally I I have a nightlight I like everything has to be shut no clothes can be in a pile because they might trick me it's so
0: funny because like there is I don't have any nightlights but I do have this old I have this really old, like Spencer's gift flame light. Do you know what I'm yes. talking about? With like, it's like <laughs> red exactly light, like and then it's t- like a fan that, like. <laughs> and like, I turn that on for light. And the thing oh, is, is like, my god, wh- how is that less scary? That's a that's a dungeon flame now it added is, to but the environment. It
1: brings you comfort it in a does. weird way.
0: Well, I don't remember ever doing that, but after living in L.A., if anyone has ever lived in a big city, it's never 100% quiet and it's never 100% dark. Like, even right now, if Mm -hmm. I were to go outside, it's not 100% dark. The sky is not black. It's sort of, like, grayish.
1: It's a little bit lit up with city lights. Yeah,
0: so, like, it's never dark. It's never quiet. So when I'm in (laughs) fucking Walnut Hill, Illinois, and there's Uh. not a sound to be heard it's still it's quiet it's the darkest shit i've ever seen i can't sleep i'm like i can't handle what's happening here i can't handle this piece
1: quiet yeah that's what's hilarious is my parents will always be like well aren't you happy to be in the peaceful midwest you're not hearing the honking here and this and this i'm like no hearing the garbage truck brings me peace my lullaby I cannot take this quiet. It is so quiet. And even further of why I get scared of my parents is it's not my childhood home. When Mm. I used to go and visit, and it was my childhood home, there was at least some familiarity. But they now have, like, moved to Florida, sold our childhood house. And then when they do go to Illinois, they stay at this new, like, little condo they have. So... I stay at the condo. It's unfamiliar to me. It's quiet. It's weird. In order to go to the bathroom from the guest room, you have to cross the creepiest staircase of all time <laughs> that leads to an unfinished, all cement basement Ew. that has nothing in it but ghouls. And so every time I have to pee, again like we're talking about, I sprint. <laughs> To the bathroom, pee as fast as I can, sprint back to the bedroom, dive into the bed, turn on my nightlight, turn on my ocean sounds, and pray that I fall asleep, which I usually do not for several hours. It's an issue.
0: Uh, well, that's all the time we have this week. <laughs> We're keep it weird. Thank you guys so much for joining us and hanging out with us Thank on social you. media every week. We really love you.
1: Um, It's so much fun having you on board, weirdos. It
0: really is. Actually, um, real quick, Addie Reif and Leah Benj. Oh, fuck, Leah. If I said your name wrong, I'm so sorry. Anyways. I've always
1: wondered how it's pronounced. Yeah, me too.
0: Leah, write in and tell us how to pronounce your last name. Leah B. Leah B. and Addie Reif (laughs) um, basically said in our group today that uh Addie said I don't want to brag y'all but we are really good at gifts and Leah said I was just thinking that we should have like a gift day each week where we choose a random topic and see what we can come up with and I think that's a really great idea let's pick a Obsessed. day that sounds like so much fun you guys are I so creative and we're 100% doing that thank you um Leah and Addie for that idea we're going
1: to do it you guys Uh, This is why I love our listeners. You guys are creative, wonderful humans. Thank you.
0: Join us next week for a very special episode of the show with a very special guest. And hey. the week following is our very, very spooky, scary Halloween episode. I cannot believe there are two and a half
1: weeks left. It's crazy to
0: <laughs> Listener ghost stories Listener ghost stories, And it's an extra, probably extra long. I'm not going to make any empty promises this early, but I feel like it's going to be very long and very spooky, so... I think um, so, too. Make sure it's you gonna be in amazing. Uh, please check out our Patreon. I already told you about it earlier. Patreon.com slash Keep It Weird Podcast um, to find ways that you can support our show. Check out our Etsy page at www.etsy.com slash shop slash Keep It Weird Podcast. Guys,
1: get the sweatpants. Dude, They're so great.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. I don't even have a pair yet, and I need them.
1: <laughs> They're great.
0: Yeah, we've got new stuff. We've got zip-up hoodies, sweatpants, and even blankies for the chilly season.
1: Just say hello to fall with Keep It Weird merch.
0: Follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast across all platforms. Rate our show five stars in the Apple podcast app or on iTunes if you really love us. And uh, <laughs> sign off this week. You know what? I actually, I had um, a... Song. I'm not going to sing it because I would never do that to you. And also the song's in Spanish, and I would never do oh, that to Lord. you either. Okay. So I'm going to well, read the lyrics in English. <laughs> you just said so much. Okay. I know. On. I'm so sorry. But it's uh, the lyrics to a song called Duermate Nino.
1: Oh, I know this song. Do you really? Yes, please. No, you go.
0: Can you sing it? No. Oh, okay, just kidding. <laughs> so
1: now Where I'm, I'm embarrassed
0: is uh, uh, to the tune of Rockabye Babies you can imagine and the lyrics go sleep my baby, sleep baby do El Cuco is coming and he will take you sleep my baby, sleep baby do here comes El Cuco he'll eat you too
1: really really so sweet just a
0: really sweet <laughs> sweet precious lullaby for you guys to wrap up the show today
1: Oh, just keep it, keep keep it in your hearts and dream sweetly. (laughs) (laughs) And And keep it it weird. weird.
0: I'm too close to you.